Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode three of season two of the Grizz Weekly Grind, and being brought to you today by the Youth Athletic Foundation. Its mission to assist student athletes in developing a strong work ethic through discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Their goal to help youngsters understand the importance of working hard to be the best they can be, whether it's on the court, in the classroom, or in the community. The YAF has donated millions of dollars to charities, families, local high schools, and youth sports programs. And of course, former Grizzly Mike Miller is at the top of the heap with the Youth Athletic Foundation. So when you hear about their events, hope you come out and you support them as they support the Grizz Weekly Grind and the welfare of young people in the Memphis area. A uh, little bit of an abbreviated version of the show today. Uh, right now, recording this uh, on Thursday morning. Uh, in San Francisco, late arrival by the Grizzlies last night, uh, got to San Francisco Airport probably about 12.30 in the morning, got to the hotel about 1.15, 1.30, something like that after the game in Portland. And so in today's show, no friend of the program, but we will give you that was the week that was, which essentially will be a recap of last night's game against the Portland Trailblazers, which was uh, ooh, not good for the Memphis Grizzlies. And then a bunch of Petey's points, and I'll talk a little bit about what life on the road is like now, and that the broadcast crew is traveling, and uh, the the protocols we're having to follow in order to uh, bring you the best coverage that we possibly can. So let's start it all off with that was the week that was, which was uh, last night's game against the Portland Trailblazers. Decent start for the Grizzlies. Uh, didn't shoot the ball particularly well in the first quarter, but they got nine from Desmond Bain, who hit three for three from three, and the Grizzlies got off to a good start, 27-24 after one quarter. McCollum and Lillard a combined four of 11 to start the game. And the Grizzlies did force five turnovers from the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, this game just wasn't going to ever get away from anybody, at least in the first half, uh, because the margins were very, very small. And by the time that uh, we got to halftime, it was 57-51. Grizzlies had a six-point lead. Now you go back to the second quarter, and the second quarter, Desmond Bain gets six more in the period, and you get six from C.J. McCollum. Grizzlies shot 44% in the quarter, had a couple of turnovers in the period, but the Grizzlies really struggled in the paint. Only eight paint points in the second quarter and a total of 18 for the first half. Grizzlies not getting much done in the painted area. The bright spot for the Grizzlies in the first half was the fact that the bench was very productive. Kyle Anderson had five, Brandon Clark had six, Tyus Jones hit a couple of threes. Meanwhile, DeAnthony Melton did not score, and John Morant was being limited to just six points in the first half, although Ja did have seven assists. So it's 57-51 at halftime. Blazers had led by as many as three. Grizzlies had led by as many as eight. And the ball game, like I said, was, was, was pretty much hanging in the balance at that point, and you're trying to figure out how this is all going to work out. Well, uh, the game essentially was decided in the third quarter. Portland shot 56% in the third quarter. And the Grizzlies turned it over eight times for 13 points in the third quarter. Grizzlies also got early foul issues with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams in the third quarter. And Damian Lillard went off for 11. Yusuf Nurkic was dynamite on the pick and roll. He had nine in the third quarter. And now we go through three quarters, and this game 
appears to be in the control of the Trailblazers as they go from six down to ten up heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, John Moran had a good third quarter, 16 points through three quarters, nine assists and seven boards as well, but does have six turnovers. And Ja got into a habit of leaving his feet, jumping in the air, and really had nowhere to go with some of his passes, and that was an issue because the defense of the Portland Trailblazers was outstanding in terms of taking Morant away as much as possible. They blitzed him at every possible opportunity, making his life exceptionally difficult. Fourth quarter, things did not get any better for the Grizzlies. Another quarter with eight turnovers. So 16 turnovers for the Grizzlies in the second half after having just six in the first half. And Lillard had the big third quarter, was shut out in the fourth, only played two minutes in the fourth quarter because the game was well in hand. C.J. McCollum with 10 in the fourth quarter. Grizzlies were outscored 29-19 in the fourth quarter, shot just 26% from the floor. And um, the ball game ends up going to the Blazers by 20, 116-96. Blazers led it at one point by as many as 26. And a ball game that was hanging in the balance at halftime, was decided pretty much in the third quarter, and the fourth quarter was an easy put away for the Portland Trailblazers. They get to 2-2 two and two on the season, led by C.J. McCollum with 25. Lillard had 20. Lillard came into the ballgame only 2 of 24 from the three-point line. He made four triples in the game. And the big star off the bench, because remember Norman Powell did not play in this ballgame due to some knee tendonitis issues. Anthony Simons came off the bench, 17 points for him, 5 of 7 from 3. Another issue for the Grizzlies, free throw disparity, minus 12 in attempts and minus 14 in makes. Grizzlies just 9 of 19 from the free throw line. Brandon Clark missed a couple. John Conchar missed a couple. Uh, It just was a really, really rough evening for the Grizzlies on a lot of levels as they gave up 30 points off 22 turnovers. Got our first look at Killian Tilly, Jared Culver, Santi Aldama, and Sam Merrill. Sam Merrill was six off the bench. Santi Aldama had seven to go along with a couple of rebounds. John Moran finished with a 17.10 assist double-double, one rebound shy of a triple-double, but also had nine turnovers in this game. Big thing when you look at this game the Grizzlies were not the hungrier team in Portland, which had been blown out on Monday night by the Los Angeles Clippers. They themselves turned it over 30 times in that game. They came out very hungry, and they came out with a physical presence. And credit to Nasir Little, who was assigned to John Morant for good pa- uh, patches of this game defensively. Uh, Little, bigger. Uh, Little is a bigger and uh, more physical player and gave Morant some problems. But the uh, overriding theme for the Portland Trailblazers is we're going to blitz John Morant everywhere he goes. We're going to try to get the ball out of his hands. And even though Morant did end up with 10 assists, shot just 5 of 12 from the floor. I mean, Morant actually shot pretty well, 3 of 6 from distance and 4 of 5 from the free throw line. But his life was very, very difficult for him. And so the Grizzlies fall to 2-2 two and two with a 116-96 loss to the Portland Trailblazers. First of four meetings between these two teams. We're going to get to some Petey's points in a moment, but first of all, we will tell you that today's show is brought to you, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook. The NBA is back, and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and, oh yeah, Washington. 
DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now let's get to some Petey's points for today's show. Uh, last night's game in Portland, it, it was all around bad. Uh, the Grizzlies did not come out as the hungrier team. Uh, played decently enough in the first half to have a six-point lead, but halftime adjustments made by Chauncey Billups, credit to him and to his staff, which includes former Oklahoma City and Washington Wizards coach Scotty Brooks, uh, blitzing John Morant at every opportunity. Also, great job with pick-and-roll offense. Got Nurkic rolling in the third quarter. Grizzlies pick-and-roll defense was not up to the task. And that plus the long-range shooting of McCollum and Lillard, essentially, and Simons, for that matter, was essentially the difference in the ball game. It was one of those games that you're not really sure where you are as a basketball team right now. Uh, I personally feel that you need about 20 games to figure out, okay, where are we as a basketball team? Where are your opponents as basketball teams to ferret out their identity, how good they are, or how lacking they are, as the case may be. And so when you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, you have to ask yourself, and there are no easy answers at this point, is this the team that struggled with a mediocre Cleveland team but ultimately got the win? Is this the team that rallied from a double-digit deficit to beat the Clippers in their own building on their home opener night? Uh, Or is this the team that just collapsed in the second half against the Portland Trailblazers? Or is it the team that battled the Lakers down to the wire and were one missed free throw away, perhaps, from going to overtime at Staples Center on the second night of a back-to-back? When you look at the first four games, it's really hard to figure out exactly where the Grizzlies are. Um... The hot shooting from three, was that something that was sustainable? Probably not uh, for the Grizzlies, although through four games, they're still top five in three-point percentage. They're shooting about two and a half percentage points better than they did a year ago, and their attempts are up seven a game. Grizzlies are averaging 38 and a half three-point attempts per game. That is 11th in the NBA, and they set a new franchise record last night in Portland with 31 three-point attempts in the first half. So what does this tell us? The Grizzlies are letting it fly more, so more volume, more accuracy. That's the good part. The bad part is defensively, Grizzlies are last in the league. They're allowing opponents to shoot 48% from the floor and allowing 118 points per game. Uh, that's a really, really rough way to go. And understanding that the pace of the game is is high, but the Grizzlies are going to have to batten down the hatches on defense. And in talking with Taylor Jenkins last night before the game, he said simply that uh, there needs to be better attention to detail to the game plan. Uh, game plan discipline is something that he talked about a lot last year. Uh, defensively, 
to my eyes, I'm not sure that the game plan discipline is there. I don't think the game plan is bad. I just, I just think that the, the attention to detail defensively is not there. So, you know, the good news is the Grizzlies are the third best scoring team in the NBA, but the problem is uh, even though they're the third best scoring team in the league, they have a negative point differential of minus 1.5, and, and, and that is an issue. Petey's point number two – this is something that the Grizzly staff will definitely have to address because I think Portland gave the rest of the league a, a, a blueprint on how to handle John Morant. Um, and so the Grizzlies are going to have to find a counter move to the constant blitzing. Uh, I think a lot of teams are going to try to get the ball out of Morant's hands as much as possible. And so I would imagine that the Golden State Warriors and Steve Kerr and his staff are going to look to blitz John Morant. I'm sure they were very interested observers last night of the game in Portland. So uh, this is going to be an interesting chess match to watch the Grizzly staff counter move what they anticipate Golden State is going to do, which is to blitz John Moran and force other guys uh, to beat him. Uh, Petey's point number three, it's, it's really a little concerning that the Grizzlies came out so flat in the second half in Portland. Had a couple of days off. Uh, there, there weren't travel issues, and yet in the second half of the game just, just came out flat and a lot of uncharacteristic miscues. Uh, as I said earlier, 16 turnovers in the second half, eight in each of the third and fourth quarters. Highly unusual for this Grizzlies team, and also highly unusual for this Grizzlies team is that they're not forcing turnovers. Last year, the Grizzlies forced about 15 a game. They're only forcing 12 a game this year, and one of their primary scoring weapons a year ago points off turnovers has really dried up this year and and that is a bit concerning of course we're only dealing with a four-game sample size so that certainly can change um it, it was a Grizzlies team that frankly just didn't look sharp and, I, and I'm not exactly sure why this is only game four you had a couple of days of you had a true off day uh where the Grizzlies did not have any activities on Monday and then they practiced on Tuesday before heading over to Portland so not really sure the reason for that but it is it is a bit concerning and now you face a Golden State Warriors team that is not only 4-0 but they are a high scoring team as you would imagine and they're defending pretty well as well they're middle of the pack defensively allowing 108 points per game but they're scoring 115 so they're plus 7.3 in terms of scoring differential and so they're off to a really good start uh, in the season shooting at top 10 percentages from the floor from three, uh, they taper off a little bit with free throw shooting at just under 78%, which has them outside of the top 10. All right, next Petey's point. You hear Terry Jenkins talk all the time about the next play mentality. This is going to have to be the next game mentality. Uh, be a goldfish if you're a Ted Lasso fan, however you want to express it. But uh, the Grizzlies do have to really focus on the next play, the next game. Uh, just as Portland has talented long-range shooters, obviously so do the Golden State Warriors. This is going to be not only a physical test, it is going to be a mental test as well. Golden State, obviously, last year did not play in front of fans. They are going to have a very, very rabid crowd at Chase Center tonight. And you know that Steph Curry is going to hit at least one logo shot, if not many more. And so mentally, you're going to really have to be in it. And so this will be an opportunity for the Grizzlies to really prove uh, that next play mentality. They are going to have to have that tonight if they are to win the game tonight. Because you know that Golden State is going to come with a flurry. And uh, they really are pointing now 
at getting back into the playoff picture, hopefully welcoming back Clay Thompson at some point in time. Jordan Poole has been a very, very good fill-in for him. He's really blossomed this year. So the Grizzlies are going to have to deal with him. And, of course, Draymond Green is uh, always a handful. Speaking of Michigan State guys, next PD's point, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, a little bit disturbing with his production uh, in Portland. Foul problems, limited to just 18 minutes, seven points and two rebounds in his game, did not have a block shot. Uh, of his 13 shots, seven were from three, and he made only one of them. And and this was a game where Jaron seemed to settle, uh, setting a drag screen as the Grizzlies brought the ball up the floor, and then he'd try trailing three from straight away. They weren't falling for him last night. Really didn't get much going inside either. Only two buckets inside the three-point line, and then, of course, the one three-point make. This is the Jaron Jackson Jr. that gives people uh, some pause as to how good he can be. So we've seen really good Jaron, and we've seen not so good Jaron. So which Jaron are we going to get tonight? Uh, that is going to be go a long way toward determining whether or not uh, the Grizzlies get the victory tonight against the Golden State Warriors. Coverage uh, starting at 8.30 on Bally Sports Southeast. Hope you will join us for Grizzlies Live at 8.30, 9 o'clock tip. And then the Grizzlies will be home on Saturday night when they host the Miami Heat. And uh, you can get your tickets for the game at grizzlies.com or 1-901, no, sorry, 901-888-HOOP. Sorry, it's early. Don't have a lot of caffeine here in, in uh, San Francisco. So um, so we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Final, uh, final comment from me here. Uh, it is good to be back on the road. Uh, there are uh, some adjustments on everybody's part uh, with with game operations and just you know we're going into buildings where there hadn't been people and there hadn't been broadcasters last year and uh, so there are some some major adjustments so if you notice some glitches in the telecast uh, we apologize but we're doing the very best we can because again uh, we're going into buildings that haven't hosted broadcasters in uh, in well over a year. As for us, uh, the protocols of the NBA have continued to evolve, and they have been evolving in a positive manner. Just uh, for your information, uh, we are able to be on the court, and we are able to broadcast from the court unmasked, uh, but it is under with the uh, proviso that we get tested every day. And the Grizzlies uh, and their trainer, uh, Pete Elliott, um, will test us every single day that we have a game. So middle of the day, we go, we take the, uh, the Q test, and uh, assuming that we uh, come up with a negative test, that information is forwarded to the NBA, and then we have clearance to be on the court to broadcast without masks. And then also yesterday, new guidance came out that if we have been vaccinated and if we have a game day negative test, uh, I can sit next to Taylor Jenkins and do the interview. We don't have to physically distance. So uh, the protocols continue to evolve. They continue to evolve in a, in a positive manner. Uh, the NBA has done a remarkable job with their medical board uh, and their advisory group in terms of figuring out how uh, teams can broadcast effectively, uh, and, and how we can do it in the best possible way. When we started this season, the thought was, well, you can broadcast from the apron. Well, not every NBA arena has the same apron or has the same connectivity. And uh, as those of you who have watched Grizzlies Live throughout the years know that when we're on the road, we're in three chairs and, and we're, we're on the court. And when the season started, uh, 
the NBA was saying, no, that that's not going to be allowed because you're going to be too close to the scorer's table, too close to the bench area, et cetera. But with vaccination and negative tests, again, the protocols have continued to evolve. And uh, I, I, just a, a huge tip of the cap from our broadcast group to the Grizzlies front office, to the Grizzlies training and performance staff. They have been very, very good to us in terms of accommodating the opportunity to have tests, to be on the road, uh, to be able to broadcast the way that we are normally able to broadcast, which is to sit courtside, which is to do our pregame show from the floor. Uh, That has been a huge, huge plus for us in the broadcasting group. And a lot of credit has to go, uh, as I said, to Zach Kleiman in basketball operations, also Jason Wexler in business operations. They have been fully committed and fully supportive of having us on the road and having us broadcast games in the best way possible. And uh, they have done what has needed to be done for us to do that, and, uh, and we're very grateful for it. It's good to be on the road. It's good to see our other broadcasters. Um, even though the, the, the trip from uh, Portland to San Francisco didn't get us in until very, very late, and it's going to be a long day uh, getting ready for a back-to-back game. But, you know, that's life in the NBA, and I would much rather be in this type of situation than, uh, than calling games remotely, which uh, isn't really good for anybody. So very grateful for that. And uh, that pretty much brings a wrap to Episode 3 of Season 2 of the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. Again, the Grizzlies taking on the Golden State Warriors tonight. They'll be back home on Saturday night to take on the Miami Heat and then consecutive games at home against the Denver Nuggets. We'll be back with you on Monday with another edition of the Grizz Weekly Grind. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.